Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 18th episode of Crime Over Wine, the only podcast with head-scratching true crime stories that are just better over a bottle of wine. I'm your host, Liam Collins, and this week I am joined by an absolute angel of a guest co-host. She's a sports fiend by day and a true crime lover by night. My guest co-host this week is Ellie Whittington. Hello, Ellie. How are you? Hi, Liam. I'm so excited. I was like, I need to wake up every morning and hear someone like announce me like you just did. That would be the most hype for the day. Like, oh my gosh. Feel free to take this clip and set it as your alarm. I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. That is what I need, Liam. I'm so honored that you're having me on here. So thank you. Well, you know, I absolutely adore you, even though we haven't talked in a very long time. So I'm honored that you're here, frankly. Um, But Ellie and I first met when we were both broadcast students at Elon University. She was the sports queen while I was sticking my nose into CBS News. Since then, Ellie has been up to like the coolest things ever, working for the Durham Bulls in North Carolina, the Washington Nationals, and even going to freaking Tokyo to cover, like, the freaking Olympics. Now she's the host of a podcast called Across the Pond Sports, where she breaks down all of the sports news in the world. And Ellie, I just have to ask you, like, super, like, like just casual question. Like, how do you get to sleep at night knowing that you're, like, the coolest woman in sports ever? <laughs> that is so, so kind. I Like, I, again, I think I just need to put this on repeat and listen to this over and over. <laughs> I thought your question was, how do you sleep at night with everything you do? And I was like, yes, great question. Sometimes that too. I don't. Sometimes that too. I don't, but you just laid out my life so perfectly. And uh, yeah, I I wish I could have an answer for how much I love sports and I feel cool that I get to do this every day. Yeah. I hope, you know what I mean? Like when you love what you do, it's like, oh my gosh, this is such a cool yeah. life. Yeah. Right. It's like I get paid for this. Like what? Are you kidding? Yeah, but not enough. Yeah. We both know working and journalism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's never enough. It's never enough. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, still, like, I mean, I, I think it's, and I think it's so cool that you, like, you, like you said, you love it so much that this is just like, like, it's just like something like you would be talking about it even if you didn't get paid for it. You know what I mean? So like, why the heck not yeah. get, get not get paid for it? So I just always admire people who just like you, like, love what they do and just like go for it. And you are like the epitome of that. And I've just been like so envious of you. But like, we can like we can blow each other up on like a different time. I think probably right. I know, but that's what's so funny about this podcast. It's like, yeah, you were talking about something that you were passionate about. So so much it's like yeah. okay let's turn this hobby into something else yeah so right that, well that's that's how this podcast started i love <laughs> crime and i love wine and so let's just like do it like why not like let's yeah. record about it well ellie like i do need to get to the wine now and i know that's like the best part of the episode so this week we are drinking apothics merlot it has untamed notes of blackberry and vanilla and a plush velvety finish like ooh, like that description is like something else i know i'm such a red wine girly i have my wine right here Ooh, are you love that. yes before the <laughs> yes our secret okay <laughs> okay no no no. We don't, no one has to know no one has to know except for like everyone who listens so i was fine. gonna say was this supposed to be my first sip because i definitely tried it before now. <laughs> 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 well, I don't think I've definitely, you know, it's funny because I've had Apothic's um, Red Blend before. Um, I've never had anything that's not the Red Blend. And so I'm really interested to see what they do with um, with their Merlot. And I also, not to think about it, I'd never done a Merlot on this podcast either. Oh. So we're about we're about to do a whole different, we're about to do the whole thing here. Yeah, Ellie, so let's I am, I am a little disappointed that you have not had Merlot because that should have been not episode 18. <laughs> Now we're going for Merlot, so let's do this. Yeah. Oh, oh, you there you go. The pop, the perfect pop. It's so yes. exciting. <laughs> 
That was a really good pop, actually. That was a really good pop. Yeah, I have All to right. hear your thought. Pro- I have to hear your thoughts on this wine. Yeah, we're going to go for this. Let's see. All right. Cheers to you, Allie. Cheers. Thanks so much for coming on. Yay. Cheers. First sip thoughts. Okay. Very fruity. Much sweeter than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, because if you're like a dark red, like cast yeah. fan, the Merlot is a little on the lighter side. Mm-hmm. But I almost like it. This, this plush, velvety finish they speak of. Yeah. I like that part. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I kind of do like the plush, velvety finish too. I, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm like very much so like, I like my, my wines bold. I like mm-hmm. my wines to just like attack my mouth kind of thing. This is not that at all. Right. And so that's really interesting to me, but I'm, like really liking it which like i like everyone knows this podcast is gonna be like what like oh my gosh like liam's liking a like a sweet wine but i'm actually really enjoying this yeah but liam you're you're a standard of sweet i think when people talk about sweet wine they're talking about like a a light white that's true yeah like yeah yeah that's true you're a deep wine drinker if you think this is sweet yeah that is true this is it's not like yeah that's true it's not super sweet it for 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 a red, I feel like it's sweeter. Yeah, is I agree that with fair? that. That is yeah. a fair yeah, yeah. assessment. I'm just gonna keep drinking it. You tell me this this crime story, like I'm like you know, man. <laughs> and you know what, Ellie, you're gonna need it for this story because it is a page turner. It is an absolute page turner. So why don't we just get there? Let's do this. Yes. So Ellie, this week I need to tell you the story that's been absolutely eating me alive ever since I first started reading about it. It is such a bizarre story because it revolves around a person who seemed to just quite literally fall off the face of the earth. A Chicago woman doing everything right. She had a job, aspirations, and a dream of starting her own family, only to have that dream ripped out from her hands. But her story is not over yet, and we need your help to solve her case this week. And so this week, I want to tell you the story of Kiara Coles and the five different security cases. In October 2018, it finally felt like everything was going right for 26-year-old Kiara Coles. And if you're listening to this and thinking to yourself, yeah, Liam, like you say that every single week. Yeah, like you're right. It does feel like I do. But it was especially true for Kiara. She was really getting everything that she wanted in life. She had this plan for the rest of her life and everything was going exactly as she had planned it to go. And she had been working two jobs. She was driving for Lyft once the sun went down in Chicago, but she was also working at the U.S. Postal Service by day, albeit part-time, But and through this string of temporary contracts. But it was her goal, nay, her mission, to transition over to becoming a full-time employee there, not only so she could really consider herself to be beginning this new career, but also she, so she could start achieving some other goals in her life, right? Like, I'm sure you can agree with this, Ellie, like buy a nice car, which she had actually just checked off her list, get a nice apartment with her and her boyfriend and start a family, which she was on her way to achieving too. You see, in October 2018, Kiara and her boyfriend of years, Josh Simmons, were expecting. Kiara was indeed three months pregnant. Oh, wow. This is like already heartbreaking. Like, as you tell me, you know, she's just like, her life is really kickstarting. And the U.S. Postal Service, yeah. amazing job. I mean, you have a government job, you know, you're making yeah. Oh, those benefits. Oh, my gosh. I totally see why she wanted full time. Right. Yeah. And like, I mean, my hat's off to her driving lifts on the like 
night. And like, it just seems like her life is really, yeah. like you said, at that tipping point. Yeah. Well, she, she had a mission, right? And like, I feel like we've all been there where it's like, you know, where it's like, you just need to grind, 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 grind. And like props to her, right? Because I feel like a lot of times, like, it's just kind of, you know, going through the motions, but she's really like, no, like, I want this and I'm going to do anything it takes to get to it. And you know, you have you have to respect that in a certain way, right? Yeah, and she's pregnant too. Like, my question is, okay, how is everyone feeling about this, though? Well, they actually seem to be pretty excited about it. Kira was really excited to become a mom. She was preparing for this baby to come nonstop. And on the afternoon of October 2nd, 2018, that's exactly what she was doing. She was on the phone with her mom, Karen, while she was at the store shopping for baby supplies. And her mom says she was just beaming with excitement. She could feel it through the phone, right? She was asking her mom what foods she should get for herself and what kind of things she should get in preparation for her baby to come. I mean, who better to ask than mom, right? Karen says that it was perfectly, it was a perfectly normal conversation with her daughter and there was no sign that anything was wrong with her. And maybe that's because she had no reason to think anything would be wrong, right? Kira was excited, had all of her life goals coming to fruition, but it's possible that she would have seen things much differently if she knew that this was going to be the last time that she was ever going to hear from her daughter. Yeah, this seems like a perfectly normal day, right? Like, you're off work, you're spending your time shopping for your new baby, you know, mm-hmm. of course, you're talking to mom. Like, yeah, this doesn't seem that she has any, of course, any inclination of what's going to happen. You're not yeah. going to tell me this is when she falls off. The face of the earth. You said she like disappears. Well, Allie, brace yourself a little bit. I don't, you know, I don't like to give too many spoilers. So let's just hold on. That's the only thing I have to say is hold on. Well, later that afternoon, Kiera brings her groceries back to her southern Chicago apartment, unloads them, and goes about the rest of her day. The next day, Karen calls her daughter as normal, starting around eight in the morning, but there was no answer. Now, for just about anybody else, this would be totally normal behavior, right? I mean, who answers the phone 100% of the time? Definitely not me. But Karen's eyebrows raise a little bit over this because Kiera always answers her phone, especially for her mom. But she brushes it off. Something must be distracting her or stopping her from getting to her phone. So she waits a little bit and tries again, and there's still no answer. By the end of the day, she still hadn't heard from Kiera, so she calls her boyfriend Josh for help. She asks him if he had heard from Kiera, and he says that, yeah, he's been talking to her, but he hasn't seen her in a while and can't really remember when the last time he had spoken to her was. Now, she tells him that she's going to stop by to check on her and asks if he had a key to her apartment, and he says, no, he doesn't. Now, She finds this a little odd only because she swears, and I mean swears, that Kiera told her that she had given a key to Josh, but maybe she heard wrong, so she just kind of brushes it off at this point. Wait, I'm so confused, because I feel like my boyfriend would, like, know, like, I text her, could go on your phone, I text her 27 Mm. minutes ago, and, like, that's when the last time we talked, or this is the last time we had this phone conversation. Like, I'm so confused of what he says, like, I've been talking to her, but then can't remember the last time. Yeah. Fishy. So fishy, and, like, we're gonna get to it, like, much later on as, like, like why this is kind of a a little extra strange and they have kind of like a unique relationship. So hold that thought, Allie. How about that? (laughs) 
Okay, I'm buckling my seatbelt. So worried sick, and I mean sick, Karen ca- decides to call the police for help. She asks them to meet her at Kiara's apartment to do a wellness check, and they do. The police and Josh meet Karen at Kiara's apartment, and officers have to take the hinges off of the door to get inside. And what's inside leaves them with even more questions than they had before. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The best way to describe the inside of Kiara's apartment is almost like it was just kind of frozen in time. If you're in your home right now, picture what it would look like to somebody from the outside. If you just were to just go about your day in the middle of whatever it is you're doing right now, and then just quite literally vanish into thin air. That's exactly what Kiara's apartment was like. Kiara's TV was still on. The groceries Kiara was buying the day before were carefully put away in their rightful place. And there wasn't a thing that wasn't right where it was supposed to be. No signs of a struggle, nothing. Again, almost like Kiara was just going about her business and then just disappeared poof what the tv on yeah right i listen like i go to like i go to the bathroom and i like, turn the tv off you know like that's just like like that is so odd to me like you said like like uh, that that is like a head scratcher to me right unless you're my mom itself. who leaves the tv on for the animals the pets to <laughs> listen to yeah, yeah 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 but still it's like my, my guess is, is like this has been hours but if not i would say oh she just went out to her car to get something as i would forget yeah like, yeah i might leave the tv well, on like life is normal yeah. Yeah, like, you definitely don't, like, leave your apartment with it on, I feel like. Unless you have, like, like maybe I could say, like, if you have the intention of coming, like, right back. Like, literally, like, to take the trash out kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that, like, that is, like, the weirdest thing. But, like, it's also, so, like, the groceries are, like, carefully put away. It's like, okay, so clearly there wasn't, like, something, like, like she had like finished everything like you know like it was like i kind of again like kind of what i described like almost picture like okay like you like you put the groceries away like you did the whole thing like you pour yourself a glass of wine right and like sit down to like like you know watch your tv for the night like and like that's where you are and then again just like poof like you're gone yeah yeah this is wild this is wild like we every time i'm like I have more questions. Liam, tell the story. Tell the story. (laughs) Uh, Well, I will answer all your questions by the end of this. Maybe. Wink, wink. (laughs) Well, Kiara's mom is simultaneously relieved and even more stressed about this discovery, or maybe even a lack thereof. On the one hand, she was really expecting to see that something bad had happened to her daughter inside of her apartment. So she was glad she didn't see that, right? But on the other hand, her daughter is still nowhere to be found. Karen starts to assume that maybe something was bothering Kiara, and she just wanted to go off to 
to be on her own for a little while. Like, who hasn't been there? Like, get something off of their minds, right? But she is still three months pregnant, and that was worrying her, too. So she goes ahead and files a missing persons report to err on the side of caution. Chicago police take the report and start an investigation, which the U.S. Postal Service eventually joins since Kira works for them and is therefore a federal employee, so that automatically triggers that kind of investigation. They start scrubbing through Kiera's social media accounts, checking her phone records and calling around to Kiera's friends and coworkers. And Kiera's job actually tells police that Kiera had called out sick that day. So they hadn't heard from her or seen her since the last time she had worked, worked a few days ago. That's the key in every crime story I've ever heard is like, oh, she just didn't show up to work. And that's yeah. when everyone panics. Well, and also, too, I think, and I'm going to mention this a little bit later on, but, like, at this point, I feel really important, I feel like it's really important to say that, like, um, like you know, like, when I'm mo- when monitoring these kind of situations, I'm, like, you know, t- taking a look at, like, what is someone's normal pattern, right? Like, what is someone's normal behavior? And, like, Kiara does not seem like the type of person to me to, like, call out sick and just, like, poof, go off. You know what I mean? And so that is a red flag to me because like, you know, her mom says over and over and over again, like she's this motivated, like, you know, intentional person. Like she's not someone to just like blow off work because she just doesn't feel like going. Like she had goals, dreams, you know, accomplishments to, to, to meet. Right. Like it's so scary in this moment. I'm sure mom is beside herself at this time. Oh yeah, for sure. So Kieran says that she is just too close to her daughter for her to just run off without even doing so much as to say goodbye to her. So as the hours turn into more than a day, Kieran's ultimate mom mode turns into overdrive and you don't want to mess with that, right? Karen immediately starts searching high and low for her daughter and starts checking in with Kiera's boyfriend who is acting kind of strange at this point. Karen spends the next day to days putting up flyers and knocking on doors, trying to spread the word about her daughter. But yet Josh doesn't really seem to be helping at all. Okay, there's the red flag, right? Like, this woman was pregnant with your child and Mm -hmm. you're in a relationship, supposedly still with. Yeah. Like, you're not out there, like, helping mom do anything to find your girlfriend yeah like listen like my like like a decent good friend of mine goes away goes missing and like i'm knocking on doors you know what i mean like i can't imagine like the mother of your unborn child and you just like don't put up a freaking fly missing person flyer like that blows my mind right like again like you're not even pretending at this point yeah you know something he knows something yeah We're going to get to Josh later, Ellie. We have a lot to talk about Josh. So, yeah. Well, so that is kind of odd that someone who has been dating someone for five years doesn't really seem concerned enough to be an active member of the search party for her. But what's even more odd is what police are telling Karen about what they think of Josh. So what do they say about him? So, of course, whenever someone is reported missing, part of police's investigation is that you have to question everybody closest to that person, right? I mean, like, that's like Police 101. Not only to learn more about them, but also to kind of rule people out as potentially being involved. Check out their stories, see what their relationship is like, etc., etc. Well, police say that Josh is giving some conflicting statements about his last few days about and uh, and about his relationship with Kiera. 
Now, it's not clear what those conflicting statements are, but police just kind of generally say that Josh wasn't being very cooperative with them, which is odd, right? I mean, this isn't some girl. This is the mother of his unborn child, who's he's been in a relationship for five freaking years. Like, this isn't some, like, one-night stand. Five years? Like, you've had to care about this person at some point, right? And you're not cooperating? Yeah. Like, I'm t- telling every detail. Again, going back to when mom said, when's the last time you talked to her? Every detail. To the minute. Yeah. This is what we talked yeah. about. This is where she was going. This is what she was doing. And now you're not cooperating with police? Right. Spill the beans. Spill the beans. Like, you know, say what you know. I Like, I don't, like, and again, I don't know what, what, what they're saying about, like, he's not cooperating. Like, I'm really curious to know, like, how? Like, is he just, like, not answering questions? Like, is he, like, worried that he might be a suspect? Like, I don't really know what that all entails because of, like, how much they've released about this whole situation. But. Yeah, man. I mean, I just like Josh is not making himself look good at this point, in my opinion. No, mom has to be on him and the police are too, obviously. Oh, mom is all over him. You know, mom's no better than that for sure. And, you know, it seems pretty obvious that Karen is on her own in the search for her daughter. So she and police start looking even more for her as the day goes on. And not far from her apartment, they find their first real clue. It's Kiera's car. Now, I'm not honestly totally sure when they find this car, but it's evidently a good amount of time after they broke into her apartment. And the reason why is because Kiera has a spot that she parks in every single day, practically without fail. But her car is not in that spot at all. It's a bit down the street, walkable, but again, not where she usually parks, which is literally right in front of the entrance to her apartment. And remember, the last time anyone heard from Kiera, she was going grocery shopping. And like, why would you park further than you have to if you have to carry groceries inside, right? If there's anything that I have learned from listening to podcasts like yours, Liam, is that you don't <laughs> have a routine. Like, I'm like, girl, right. don't park in the same parking spot. But in this case, it seems that her patterns like this wasn't yeah. a, a sign that something was off. So now I'm like, oh, okay. So if you park in the same place, then again, I, I think yeah. this is someone that knows her because they know that she parks at the same place. So they've obviously like hidden her car or was she afraid of someone? Like, this is odd. Well, and uh, so to that point, Allie, like that's such a great point because kind of what I was mentioning before, like there is something to be said, like this is one of the things that police look into is like, ha- like, is this person outside of their normal routine? Are they doing things that are not like, you know, what they normally do? Because, you know, as much as like, like nobody really likes to think about themselves this way, but like we all have this routine, right? Like every single morning I go to Dunkin', right? And like, I get my little coffee. So like, they know, like if the Dunkin' people know that I, that, that I didn't show up that day, they better file a police report because I go there every single day without fail at 9 a.m. I'm glad that you so, told them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. So everyone's out there. Like, everyone knows if they, if you see, like, a like a missing Duncan transaction on me one day, 100%, like, I'm missing. Like, I'm dead somewhere. So, like, because I will, like, fight through hell to get to, the, to get to my Duncan in the morning. So, but point being is that, like, that, like, that is so important. Like, that is such an important point that, like, she always parks in this spot. And yet this is down the road. And so kind of what you were saying, like that, like someone, whoever like parked the car there, like must have known that she parks there. My mind goes the complete opposite, frankly, of like, okay, well, maybe whoever parked the car didn't know that this is where she parks every single day. That's where my mind goes. Oh, no, I think differently. The person definitely Mm. knew. 
Yeah, and they're may- maybe trying to look like she wasn't at home or hadn't made it home or had left Oh, home. yeah. Yeah, oh, that's a good... I didn't think about it that way. That's actually a really good point. So what do they find in her car? Like, they have to go into the car, right? Well, inside of Kiera's car is another one of those spine-chilling scenes. Again, a freeze frame of someone just going about any other day. Inside of Kiera's car is her cell phone, purse, and a packed lunch, which included her prenatal vitamins. Okay, Kira is excited to be a mom. Obviously, she was yeah. shopping the day before. She has her prenatal vitamins. Like, you know, she does not expect or suspect anyone or anything in this moment is my mm. thoughts. And so I'm just like, yeah, you said it correctly. Spine chilling scenes. Yeah. Everything is normal. Well, and it's like that clearly just shows that like, 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 a pregnant woman, right? Three months pregnant, especially like you are not going anywhere without absolutely everything that you need to take care of your unborn child. And so that prenatal vitamins, like that's something like a never been pregnant. Um, but like, <laughs> I like, I, like, I mean, I know that's something that you take every single day and like you don't go anywhere without because you need to make sure that you are taking this with your meals. Right. And so. Yeah, I, that is something like that is when I'm like, and also it's like, so like your cell phone's in the car, your purse in the car, like those are things you never go without at all, like anybody, right? And so like, then the packed lunch, it seemed like she was going somewhere. But like, why wasn't her car in the right spot? Like that just threw my mind for a little. Right, you made it just a, a block away from your apartment? Weird. Yeah, so weird. Yeah, and this, you know, really all starts to worry Karen, right? I mean, this is such a bizarre scene, and it's totally unlike her daughter to just up and leave everything behind, quite literally in the middle of everything, or at least so it seemed. And when all seemed to be the darkest, the investigation gets the break that everyone's been waiting for so desperately. So, Ellie, how is your apothic treating you? I'm actually really enjoying it, I have to say. Yeah, I feel like while you talk, I sip. And so <laughs> I'm about half, a little over half done with this glass. And, oh, but you're taking bigger sips than I am. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I have to just make the, seems- the time count. You know what I mean? So for me, it's a very sippable, like enjoyable yeah. wine. Like, again, probably not my favorite. As you said, I'm a deep, mm. I'm a strong, deep girl too. And so, yeah. but I like the little, you know, it's a, it's a lighter. You yeah. can drink this and sip this without me having to think I need to have this with like a full body meal. Yeah. You know, what's funny is, you know, I, cause like I said, like I like my wines, like I like my reds with like a nice little relax, relaxing night. Like I'm done for the day, but I could like totally see just like a little chit chat, like a little, like a little going. Like I'm actually like, like normally with reds, I'm like, like unwinding for the night. Like, so like I'm uh, like getting a little sleepier and like, maybe it's just you Ellie, because I know you bring all the energy in the world, but like this wine, I feel like I'm just like, like every sip, I feel like I'm like getting going a little bit too. Yeah. It could also be Kira's story because this story is getting me going and we're like, I'm in like a really good spot here. So no, you got to tell me more. I'm ready for more. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you are so ready for it. So police get their hands on five different sets of surveillance camera video from the day that Kiara went missing. And it really starts to piece her movements together from that day. Oh my gosh. That's like amazing. They're figuring things out, right? Well, like, calm down a little bit, Ellie, because it's a little bit more complicated than just that, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. But I appreciate the enthusiasm. 
you know? So for now, let's dive deep into each of these clips. Now, the timeline is really hard to put together for me because some of these clips don't have traditional timestamps and some were blurred out probably by police, but we're going to do our best here. So Ellie, let me show you the very first video first off. Yeah, so this is her like walking into the her apartment, right? Yeah, so the first video doesn't really reveal any like massive revelations. It's security video from a neighbor's house showing Kiera arriving to her apartment on the afternoon of October 2nd with her groceries that she got that day. Now she parks in her usual spot, right in front of her apartment. So mystery solved on that front, right? Like, why did she park so far away when she had groceries? Well, the answer is, at least that day, she didn't. Yeah, I'm still, sorry, I'm just in shock because it's like, this is totally normal. She has her hands full, carrying all of her groceries, Mm -hmm. walking in, and I'm assuming that's her car. So like, Something's happened after this. Yeah. So, and, and you know, because I think, you know, my instinct when I heard about the, about the whole Kiera situation was like, okay, well, something must have happened after the grocery store, right? Because this is the last time that her mom talks to her. And so, like, naturally, you'd think, like, something between that and whatever, like, that's usually, like, that makes sense. And so, it's just crazy to me, like, even though this is a totally normal video, it's like, nope, like, she's okay. Like, she made it home just fine. Okay, well, now my question is, what happened to Kiera after all this, right? Right, exactly. I'm in the same boat that you are. I'm like, okay, we see her go into her apartment. Something has happened after she's went in this apartment. I even question if she ever leaves the apartment. Well, police say just minutes later, another man goes into Kiera's apartment. Now, police have never identified this man only as a person of interest and not necessarily a suspect. Now, let's take a minute and talk about the difference here, right? We often use those terms on this podcast. So a suspect is someone police believe was likely directly involved in a crime. They may not be able to prove it right away, but they have some probable cause to believe that the person was likely involved in some way, shape, or form. They just need further evidence. Now, a person of interest is a much lighter accusation. That means it's someone police would like to hear more from, maybe because they haven't been able to identify or contact that person, or maybe because they believe the person hasn't been entirely truthful to them. It may not be someone they believe was directly involved, just someone they want to hear more from for whatever reason. A person of interest, of course, could turn into a suspect, but they don't necessarily have to in the end. I have so many questions here, though. Like, this man that walks into her apartment, was it a forced entry? Did she open the door for them? Like, what makes this person you know, a suspect, they're a person of interest or a suspect. Oh my gosh, now my mind is spinning too much wine, too much wine. Too much wine. Yeah, so this person, they publicly named this person as a person of interest. And I think a lot of the questions that you have, Ellie, I think are going to be answered by the next security camera video. So let's get there, I think, right? Okay. So... The next security video is from a different angle of the road, but still recorded by a neighbor, just a different neighbor on the street. So let's get there. Yeah, this is her leaving leaving a store? Yeah, so no, this is her leaving her apartment. So the video shows a car driving down the street away from Kiera's apartment. Police say that the people in the car are indeed Kiera, who is driving, and this mysterious male person of interest in the passenger seat. The video notably i think was recorded at 3 37 in the morning that maybe that's where i was like it's obviously dark what a weird time of day to be going somewhere 
Yeah. Well, and also, too, the video before was clearly in broad daylight. So it's like a lot of time has passed. This was October. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm guessing, like, six hours, you know, at least, right? Between the the last video and this video. Right. So, yeah, just kind of crazy. Yeah, so many questions. Now I'm like, why are you leaving at that time of day? Yeah, well... Do you know where she's going? Well, yes, actually, Ellie. And this, I have to say, is where this case takes a turn. So grab that bottle. I know you're going to need it. So I can tell you all about this video in the state that you really, truly need to be in to solve this case. So, Ellie, are you ready? Let me show you the video that comes next. Is this an ATM? Yeah. Yeah, this is weird. You go in, you seem somewhat un- like normal. Yeah. Well, and so here's my other thought on that. Like, this all happens in like 15 seconds. Like, I like it doesn't really even look like she was like really using the ATM either. Like, that's just my thought. Like, I don't know. Like that. Like, I have nothing to support that, but it just really. Interesting. You're it just right. seemed very fast for an ATM transaction. Super fast. It's almost yeah. like, yeah, did she actually get money out of that or was she trying? But you know, if she was trying to be seen by security cameras, I feel like mm. you would have looked around, yeah. made it a little bit more obvious. Like, put your that's face what in the, the camera more. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what's, what's she doing? Yeah. So let me explain to you what, po- what police say is happening here. But Basically, you know, visually, like we said, there isn't like a whole lot happening, but boy, oh boy, there is. Police say this video was taken from inside of a Walgreens store that's just five minutes from Kiara's home. This video is taken just minutes after the last one that we just showed to you. In this video, Kiara can be seen walking right up to an ATM and withdrawing four hundred dollars quickly just takes out four hundred dollars yeah at four in the morning yeah the timing there really kind of freaks me out because again it's it's really not fast enough to to do an atm like you know like an atm like takes a minute at least and that was like 15 seconds max well i'm guessing they can check though right like i guess yeah i mean yeah i mean i'm I'm assuming that they cross-referenced and like you know said yes this is when she withdraws money but it still doesn't seem fast enough like it just that part just gets me like I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. And, you know, Karen in herself says that this is really odd of Kiara because she is, like, so careful with money. I mean, think about what we know about her so far, right? All she wanted was a full-time permanent job. She just bought a car, a nice apartment. She had a baby on the way that she was just floored over the moon with. I mean, does that sound like someone who would just take out $400 from the closest ATM on a whim at 4 o'clock in the morning like i don't really think so yeah it's the timing of all this right the timing of this with her disappearance i mean you know it taking out four hundred dollars from an atm that does seem a little bit odd especially but for me it's the time of day it's leaving your apartment right unless you're doing something really fishy like really fishy yeah you don't need four hundred dollars at four in the morning you don't no not at all and like what could you possibly like even at four o'clock in the afternoon what could you possibly need four hundred dollars that badly for and like also like i don't know what her at what her what her bank is but like 
you know, I know enough to know that like, like you pay the fees on that and that kind of thing. So it's like, it's not even like, it was clearly done in a rush, right? Because if she really needed $400, like why not just go to your bank and take it out and you don't have to pay the extra $5 fee or whatever it is. Yeah. But my thing is, is this doesn't seem super forced, right? Mm -hmm. Like if she was being forced to go in there, would someone not be with her standing over her watching, waiting? Would you not go in and ask for help or wave at the security yeah. camera i don't know in this moment this seems like she was willfully like doing this yeah no totally on her own accord yeah it just seemed like you said very casual it's just like walk in do whatever and you know i just have to say ellie like this is not even the craziest part of the story either like it's about to get real crazy so let's just pause refill our glasses we're gonna need it and come back in just a second and finish this bad boy out Less than an hour after this bizarre Walgreens video was taken, Kiara's car was seen being parked in a different and undisclosed part of town. Now, police say this supposedly unidentified person of interest is seen getting out of the passenger side of the car, but no one is seen getting out of the driver's side door. Okay, so they're obviously going to pay for something. Legal, illegal, I don't know. Does it, you know, Mm. uh, okay, they're going to make a transaction of some sort at four in the morning. Um, maybe they don't want to be seen or this is, you know, but like no judgment here, You, but you've got your money, but I have a lot yeah. of questions. So, like, what do you think happened here? Yeah. Well, that's kind of complicated, right? I mean, because like they never actually show video of this happening. So it's really hard to imagine, especially since they showed like literally every single other piece of this night but police's theory about this is that the man at this point is driving kiara's car and remember kiara was actually last seen driving the car up to the walgreens store they think the man got out of the passenger side door so he could readjust the seat as though kiara was sitting it in it instead of him weird so she got out of the car it's some time between walgreens and the stop what yeah i don't really know for sure so she goes and gets the four hundred dollars yeah and then she disappears yeah and so police's theory at this point is that you know they think for whatever reason that whatever happened to kiera um happened like very shortly after the walgreens video was recorded um but there's a lot more we're we're not even we're not even scratching the surface here yet. Okay. Ellie. So what happens when he comes back? Yeah. So by 11:45 the next morning, police say the car was driven back to Kiara's apartment. So Ali, here is security camera video number 4. So that's Kiara's car. It's daylight. Yeah. Okay. In the, her normal parking spot. Um no, this is where they found the car. So remember so remember this is a little, a little farther, farther down. down. Okay, so that wasn't the normal... Right, not okay. the, the normal parking spot. But, so, again, broad daylight, again, so we're back the next morning. Um, You know, and so the video shows Kiera's car being driven to her apartment, this time, again, in broad daylight. Please say the male person of interest parks Kiera's car in that odd spot away from her apartment, like, where it was found by her mom. Gets out of the driver's side door, goes into the apartment, and leaves with some undisclosed items, while Kiera is nowhere to be seen. Undisclosed items? Yeah. So Kiera never respond, responds, returns, too much wine, Yeah. <laughs> doesn't return to her house, and now this 
person of interest is inside taking things out. Yeah. And Weird. I'm also like, I'm wondering if like the, so the undisclosed items, I have so many questions about like my mom's like whizzing with this. I'm wondering like if police think that like if police know what those undisclosed items are or if they just see this person on camera leaving the apartment with some items and they just can't figure out what they are so right or maybe it's just not pertinent to the case it's possible i I mean i can't imagine it's not right because like if again if we're going off the assumption that like whatever happened to kira has, has happened at this point right like i mean like pretty much his first move is to go back to the apartment and take a bunch of stuff so like I don't know. I mean, right. like, and I, my mind immediately goes to like, okay, well, like, what were you wanting this whole time? Right. Cause I, I think it's, it's safe to assume that like whatever happened to Kira, this person was at least involved, knows something about it. So it's like, what did, what was inside of the apartment that you have clearly wanted for long enough that you like, it was the first thing you did basically. Right. Yeah, You went back for, yeah. yeah you wasted no time. Zero Weird. time. Yeah. So at this point, police kind of rush to the worst possible case scenario. They say that they believe Kiara is dead by the time this video was recorded. They even say that whatever happened to Kiara that night, she wasn't alive much longer after she was seen in that video recorded at the Walgreens. Right. Like, I think police have got this figured out, right? She never returned to her apartment after 4 a.m. Like, okay, but you said there were five videos. Yeah, there are, Ellie. So this final video appears to be somewhat of a bizarre miracle of sorts. It's taken from the same angle as the second and fourth video, and Ali, I just kind of have to show you the clip for you to see it for yourself. Okay, explain to me what you think is going on here. So, this video appears to show a woman who matches Kiara's description in a postal uniform walking down Kiara Street the day Kiara was last seen on that Walgreens surveillance video. And there's only one explanation to this, right? Like, that has to be Kiera. And this appears to be a giant aha moment for police, right? I mean, at this point, they have written Kiera off as dead, and now they have this new angle to go off of that no... Indeed, she's actually not dead. She's still alive. She survived the night. And now we just need to find out where she went. But there are some strange things about this video. For starters, remember, Kiera called out sick that day. So why would she need to be in her postal office uniform? Plus, if she's going to work, like, why would she walk right past her own car? So let's play the video back one more time, Ellie. Remember, normally, like, Kira's car is, like, parked right about here. In fact, you can almost kind of see it in the clip that we're playing for you right now. But instead, there's Kira walking away from her apartment and right by her car. It's significant, you would think, but odd, right? And it doesn't answer the obvious questions. Where was she going? How did she get there? And where is she now? Well, it seems as though if they are going to answer that question, police need to learn more about this video. And so they blasted out to the public, pointing to this as the last known time that Kiera was seen before she went missing and begging anyone with information to come forward. Of course, this is so odd. Like, you have to be asking so many questions at this point. Yes, sip some more wine, people. Because I'm like, I'm like... Yeah. Oh, I need that. Is it her? Or why did you stage this? Like, yeah. 
Well, and I have like, so then I'm like wondering, okay, well, so like between like like four o'clock in the morning and like 11 o'clock or or so in the morning. And like, I think this happens like sometime in the early afternoon, like where was she? And like, why wasn't she captured on camera? Like entering her apartment? Like we had this clear view. Right. And that's where where I'm like, what about her mom? I mean, is her mom watching this video? I feel like my mom would be like, no, that's definitely her. You could tell by the way I walked or what I did or my mannerisms. Like somebody has to say something. What does Josh say? Like, yeah, is that her? You are a step ahead of me, Allie, for sure. And this you know, huge break seems to be pretty short lived, at least for Kiera's mom. That's because in 2022, four years after this video was released, Karen tells NBC Chicago that that video is completely irrelevant because that isn't her daughter at all. Yeah, so Karen says that right after police put out that video, she rushes to the precinct and says to the lead investigator that that is not her daughter, no way, no how. She doesn't walk like that, dress like that, or frankly, even look like that. And the investigator says, yeah, like, they know. The investigator says they are very aware that the woman in the video is not Kiera. Instead, it's some other woman who lives in the na- in the same neighborhood who just happens to kind of resemble Kiera and also happens to work for the U.S. Postal Service. And police asked Karen not to share this information publicly, and that's a secret that she kept for years until one day recently when she's speaking to reporters and figures, I guess, that she frankly has nothing else to lose and everything to gain. That's really odd. Like, they ask her, they know it's not her, police release it, are they hoping to get some sort of information? Like, I would feel like this, the woman in the video would be like, hold up, would publicly say, that's yeah. me. Yeah, you think so. Yeah, and this is the part, Ellie, that has been keeping me up at night, because I'm like, why, like, if you know that's not her, like, what's the point of blasting this out? What's the point of telling everyone that this is Kiera? And, like, what's the point of telling her mom not to say that, no, that's not her? And so, you know, I have a couple theories. I think, you know, I think for starters, it's like, I think it's pretty obvious maybe at this point that they have like a very specific person of interest, right? Or like a, like a suspect potentially. And so maybe it's some sort of strategy to be like, okay, well, if we know this person's involved somehow, like, let's just not like, you know, let them know that we know a lot and like maybe let them think that we think that she's still alive or somewhere out there. Like, that's where my mind goes. But it's still, it's like, what does that, like, what does that really help with you? Yeah. Like, I don't, like, you're not anywhere closer to finding Kiera. Right, Liam. I mean, you're a journalist. You do this day in and day out. You're not going to post on your on your station some fake video of somebody else. Like, that doesn't no. show you credible. Like, what's happening? Well, and... And, like, this is this is video, like, to that point, like, this is video that, like, every news station in Chicago and, like, at this point, like, nationally picks up. And I'm like, no, like, oh, my God, like, how is that helping anybody to just like and like also like who's the, like this woman like is just all over the news and like just going about her business and just like doesn't say like, no, guys, like, that's not like, that's not her. That's me. Yeah, like, information. What? this is weird. This is weird. I need some more explanation. Yeah. Yeah, I need more wine, girly. I need more wine. Well, at this point, like I said, Karen is feeling brave and probably pretty frustrated years after her daughter seemed to vanish in the middle of the night. So she does dozens, and I mean dozens, of interviews about her daughter's case, hoping that somebody shakes something loose. And at this point in an interview in 2022, Karen tells a reporter with NBC Chicago that she knows exactly who this anonymous person of interest is, and so do police. 
Karen says that the person of interest is indeed Josh Simmons, Kira's longtime boyfriend and the father to her unborn child. I knew it. I said that from the first second that he didn't know the last time he talked to her. This dude did not cover his tracks at all or care to try. Yeah. And like, it's just weird to me, I guess, because it's like police were so like open at the beginning to be like, yeah, like he's not sharing everything that like he should be but yeah like isn't just coming out and saying like yeah he's our person like he's who we think like needs to know more i don't know i just i have to imagine i guess for just like from someone who like works with police that like maybe they like you know have some sort of like really deep strategy but it's also been five years at this point like maybe we should kind of just like play all of our cards like we still have not found kiera let alone the person who probably murdered her right so what do police do now well police have not confirmed this identification to this day but did say that josh was very uncooperative in the investigation from day one i mean remember karen got weird vibes from the very first second and you know police say they still have a lot of questions for josh and they would love the opportunity to ask them to him but unfortunately he made it really difficult for them to do that because Shortly after Kiera and his unborn child disappeared, he left the city and moved to Louisiana with the mother of several of his other children. Oh, no. What? He needed her yeah. gone. He did need more kids, especially with another woman. So he was living a double life. Or maybe not. Yeah. Or, like, maybe a triple life. Like, who knows? Yeah. That is, yeah. So, apparently, this other woman who, by the way, was also pregnant and Kiera did not get along. In fact, shortly before Kiera disappeared, they had gotten into a fight in Kiera's apartment. And Kiera told her that she was not allowed back in the house, like, at all. Oh, no. So, it seems like Josh had to pick sides and he... Picked his and unfortunately didn't just leave and without damage in the process. So, so yeah. sad. And so, like, now my question is, like, so, like, I think it's, you know, it would be pretty obvious, I guess, again, like, assuming that, like, what Karen, their Karen is telling is the truth, that, like, this is indeed Josh, this person of interest. Okay, so now my questions are, like, you know, what did he need this money for, you know, assuming that he was the one who was telling Kira to go withdraw it. Um, right. Although, like, obviously, it was to, like, go start a new life. But, like, how much could, how far could you really get with $400? I mean, that wouldn't even buy you gas to get to Louisiana from right. Chicago. Right. Um, and then, but then my other question is, like, why did Kier just, like, seemingly willingly just kind of go along with it? Like, the, uh, Maybe she thought it was for something weird. so different. And my question to yeah. you, I'm so confused from the police side of things. Like, why don't they finish this off like this man just got away with murder and left well i mean i well to be fair like there's no body right i mean so like how do you like i mean you can technically charge someone with murder without a body but like it's really freaking hard you know so So her body is nowhere to be found uh no nope nope nope, spoiler alert but nope we're still looking for kiera so yeah so i mean that is i mean that that's like the really hard part of all this is like it seems like and and even if we did like miraculously find kiera which i don't think we are like you know there's still like all this evidence like all these like things pointing to josh like seems all all very circumstantial you know what i mean like sure like he was the last person to see her alive but who's to say that she like you know didn't go find somebody else and like you know get into bad things like you know there's a lot 
like that doesn't necessarily point to like he killed her kind of thing. Fair enough. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know a police note, but that's just from from what they put out, that's kind of where I'm at. But, you know, all the while, Kiera's case is still unsolved, and Kiera has never been found. Not even another trace of her has been uncovered to this day. It's left Kieran with the worst feeling a mother could ever imagine, the tumultuous conflict of not knowing whether her daughter is dead or alive. On the one hand, her being alive means that she may be in pain, suffering somewhere, begging for help while no one can hear her scream. On the other hand, the other option is she's in no pain, but she's no longer with us, and her unborn baby boy or girl never got to see the light of day. Karen said it best, describing what living with Kira's story on her mind every day is really like. The worst thing a parent can go through is not knowing whether their child is safe, warm, fed, being treated right it is it's just heartbreaking it's just an emotional wreck to wake up every day sometimes a song could remind me of her when her friends post them in her videos you know i'm just looking at her wishing it just was the day and i'll see her later it just took a big mental toll on i need help from anybody out there that may be watching this to help bring Kiara home. You know, her family and friends miss her. We all want her home safe. Anything you may know, whether you think it's nothing, it, it could be something. If you know something, please say something. I'm begging you as a mother to have to wake up through a reoccurring nightmare every day wondering where my child is. Is she safe? Is she hungry? Is she cold? Did she have a baby? Is he or she okay? We just want Kiara brought home safe. So if it's anybody out there with a heart and you can feel what I'm saying and you know something, can you please call in and give anything that you may know, even if you think it's nothing. It could be something. You could be the one that helped bring Kiara home. Wow. <sighs> yeah. Like, I mean, that just, like, crushes me, like, hearing what she has to say about that. I mean, man, like, I I just can't imagine, like, and especially, like, um, you know, I feel like every week on this podcast, there's, like, you know, always that story. Like, even if there's, like, an unsolved case, I feel like, you know, there's, like, some direction to go in. This, I really feel like is so open-ended in so many different ways because like as much as we know there's so much that we, there's just as much as that we don't know if not more and yeah like it's like the fact that you know it from her mom it's like you hope that she was dropped off somewhere in the middle of this but you know the sad part is is like pr- probably in this route between walgreens and this house at 4 a.m like something yeah. happened and we'll never truly know where where she was left yeah and like because uh, like you know i've never done I, this is the first story i've done on this podcast where just like the i believe anyways that the, the where the podcast where the where the body has just never been found you know and man that just makes me sad because it's like everyone seems to kind of accept that she's dead yeah her mom so, doesn't and that's yeah. heartbreaking yeah that's so true that's really really true she you can tell that she's really that she's really trying to hold out that hope yeah that like you know that she's out there somewhere that she can hear her you know 
in some way, whether it's, you know, her actual voice or through God or something, you know, it's just, you can tell that she's trying to get that message out. And it just, oh man, that is just so hard to wrap your, your, your brain around, you know, even as someone who doesn't have kids, you know, someone who is a child, you know, I can't imagine, you know, that my mom feeling that way. And it's just, man, you really feel her. And and she's been so strong too. That's something because like the the number of interviews that she's done, like the like the um like the grit that has to take to like you know because I can't imagine what her nights are like. But the fact that she takes her days to go on camera, you know, appear so strong, put her makeup on, get dressed, and do the whole right. thing, and stare right into a camera and say, "You, someone needs to say something." Heartbreaking, man. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that gives me chills. That gives me chills. So, you know, I say all that to say, if you know anything, and I know there's someone out there who does know something and anything, absolutely anything about Kira's disappearance, call the Chicago Police Department at 312-746-7440. You can also call the U.S. Postal Inspection Service hotline at 877-876-2455 using reference number 269-3502. So good for you, Liam, getting this information out there. I think it's it's never too late. I know that mysteries have been solved mm. by podcasts like yours yeah well and 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 in longer periods of time too right well um you know this is a kind of weird transition to make but i'm just gonna do it you know ellie thank you so much for coming on and it is you know such a great time talking with you even if it's kind of over this kind of morbid weird case i know right like you're such a good storyteller like kudos to you Liam. Ah, you are amazing journalist just the way that you told the story <laughs> the research like i commend you so much for what you're doing and the research that you're putting into this i have finished my wine now um this glass <laughs> and it has just been so lovely to sip and just listen to you storytell and be able to be a guest on the show well thank you and thank you so much for coming on i'm so glad you could do this and it was so great to catch up with you i haven't seen you in so long and so i'm so glad we were able to do this but um tell everyone where they can find you and your work online yes i'm on social media everywhere at the la times i currently work still in sports and so if you're into sports always hit me up to chat um my life is a little bit more lighthearted. that's why i did not go into hard journalism <laughs> like liam because this stuff upsets me a bit and i was like what brings people together we will talk about sports so keep listening to <laughs> liam's podcasts for the hard-hitting journalism <laughs> and i will be <laughs> here always so always feel free to reach out thank you for letting me um, plug my own work listen you know i grew up right between new york and um and new england so you know that sports are just as, as divisive for for people like me as crime is so like like, you know, that, that's like, that's, that's, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. Um, well, thank you again so much for calling, coming on, Ellie. And thank you all so much for listening. We are going to put all of our sources on our website so you can read everything for yourself and probably come up with a few theories for yourself, too. And if you are enjoying this podcast and are just wondering how you can tell anyone and everyone about it, the best way to help people find this podcast is by leaving us a five-star review and a rating wherever you are listening right now. So make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we will see you next week for another episode of Crime Over Wine. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.